welcome to Behind the Sofa. Welcome to episode one of Behind the Sofa. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the Babadook. Um, so before we get on to that, uh, thank you guys all so much for support. We've had so many lovely messages and people getting in contact, talking about horror movies and stuff like that. It's been really cool. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, First week's pretty good. Yeah, so just to let you guys know... We are available. We're blowing up. We're all over the place. We got Spotify, so you can find us on Spotify now. iTunes, you just got iTunes as well. Uh, what else? SoundCloud, Podbean, and YouTube. Yeah. So anywhere that you guys like to listen to podcasts, we are there. If there's anywhere else you want us, uh, just drop us a message uh, and let us know. But if you could, you know, get in touch with us on social media, uh, behind the sofa podcast. Uh, give us a rate, a review, a subscribe. That would be so cool because uh, we just want to hear more from everyone. So, yeah. anything else before before we get started? Oh yeah, um, I'm working on it now. So by the time this airs on Monday, uh, we should also have uh, on our website. You can find the the link on Facebook and Instagram. But we will actually have uh, an online store that will have all of the movies in the top 100. Uh, available for you to click through and purchase and it's uh, Amazon affiliate so basically you go through to Amazon if you make a purchase then we get a little bit of pennies back uh, give us that, those shekels yeah. we need shekels yeah. and that will go straight back into uh, making more podcast episodes so thanks in advance it'll it'll be going it'll be lining my pockets <laughs> it'll be lining my coffers um <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah. There's lo- there's going to be loads of cool stuff happening on the uh, on the website. So, what's the address of the website, Kirsty? Um, it's actually part of my online shop, so or my online collective, which is Kitty's Boutique. Um, but if you go to Instagram and Facebook uh, behind the sofa podcast, then it will have the link on there rather than me trying to spell it out to you on a podcast. That, that bad podcasting. Yeah, bad sorry. podcasting. Um, cool. So. This is it. I'm really excited. Episode one. So we did episode zero last week where we told everyone what the the movies we were going to be reviewing were. But now we're going to do... We're going to review a movie. <laughs> um, and it's The Babadook at number 100. The Babadook. So... How are we going to do this? Who's going to? Do you want to do, you want to do some information? Do you want yeah. me to do some information? Kirstie's got some information. She's a good note taker. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, this uh, this movie came out in 2014, uh, and it was uh, director Jennifer Kent's first feature-length film. Um, she'd actually made a short in 2005, so um, like nine years previous, uh, that was called Monster, uh, and we actually put that up on uh, Facebook the other day, so you'll be able to watch it. It's a little 10-minute short, and it gives you a little taste of, you definitely can see where the Babadook came from. Oh yeah, for sure. There's like... Uh... It was definitely a dry run. I don't feel like some of the themes are quite fleshed out, but some of the visuals and stuff, uh, yeah. you watch it and then you think, yeah, I can see. I can see where this came from. It's definitely there. Um, the the movie itself was actually like, um, like didn't, was not received that well. Like, not that people was were it not? going. Yeah. Well, in Australia, like it's uh, the the director is Australian. The the actors um, are Australian as well, but. 
it was originally like it was a bit of a flop like it wasn't that people were getting mad about it they just didn't really care but then in uh 2014 it actually went to sundance and was really really popular in sundance and so it gained traction in america and in europe and then it's become you know uh, uh popular enough that it's made the top 100 so wow um now one thing i want to say before we get onto the review proper it is hot as balls today <laughs> It's so hot. The it windows really are closed, uh, and we had the fan running, but then you could pick it up on the microphone. Kirsty and I are sweating. Yeah. Uh, just for your for your enjoyment, your yeah. amusement. So enjoy. But but not only that, you might not only hear the sweat dripping we, on the microphone. We also have our first guest. Yeah, we have our first guest with us. Um, say hello. No, she's she's shy. She's too shy. So basically, uh, peanut the chihuahua is on the podcast so if you hear some yipping and some scurrying and basically some gross noises that's her eating her kong uh which might add so- to the you know the general creepiness of the it certainly about, it certainly so. fucking turns my stomach <laughs> so um so if you hear some weird noises i promise it's not my stomach it is uh, it is peanut the chihuahua um so yeah the babadook yeah let's uh so basically um let's give a rundown of the plot so directed by jennifer kent yeah it is um it is about a woman and her son the woman whose name is amelia amelia and the son whose name is samuel yes. uh and they are living on their own because uh the husband or the father uh, died while he was taking Amelia to the hospital to give birth to Sam. So, um, and basically, the Sam is a little bit troubled. He's getting in trouble at school. He's being violent, um, uh, and he's terrified that there's a monster living under his bed. Which you know, pretty classic trope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day they're reading their bedtime story and they pull one off the shelf and it's a book called Mr. Babadook and it is the world's creepiest pop-up book um so basically uh once once they read the book strange things start to happen so I think that's a pretty good place to jump in one thing I will say um we're gonna get I think we'll gauge people's thoughts but I think we're gonna have to do some spoilers i think there's gonna yeah, have to be some spoilers it's definitely spoilerific. um so kirsty yes did you like this film yes <laughs> Pod- <laughs> podcast over right <laughs> with the hard no, hitting yeah, questions yeah no i i really did like it i mean it's um uh it is a really interesting film anyway um it doesn't really go for much in the way of jump scares it's just like building up of dread which is good um it feels like for anyone who's watched it and wonder if you feel the same way it feels like tiring like exhausting but in a good way because it's it's meant to be yeah for sure um, I, I feel like when i was watching it uh this is the second time we've both seen it you yeah, must, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. the second time we've both seen it um that sort of chipping away at um amelia's kind of sanity yeah and, yeah like the whole lack of sleep and uh you know wondering if she's 
going crazy, basically. Yeah, she, the actress whose name is kirsty has got the name Essie Davis. She is brilliant mm-hmm. at basically portraying a mother at her wits' end mm-hmm. with uh, everything that's going on with uh, with her kid. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you're saying so. You, you loved it and it's yeah uh, i mean it's it's really good like you know you can look at it like i've got you know the the there are the theories out there of like what the babadook is and i completely agree with that so i don't know if we wanted to start getting deep into that just now or whether we we're uh, going a little bit more no no I, well, I think that's a pretty good spot to jump in because for me the babadook very much uh wears its colors on its sleeve um, it's very, it's so obvious that it's a movie about a thing, and that thing is uh, a mother, a mother's grief or a wife's grief. Mm-hmm. So basically, some things really jumped out to me on the second time I've watched it, though. Like I never, I don't know how I missed this because it seems pretty patently obvious now. But the fact that the Babadook looks like Sam dressed up in his magician's outfit. Mm. Which is something that never really... I don't know why. So Sam, the little kid, who, let's just get it out of the way, is cute as beans. Yeah, he's adorable. Noah Wiseman, who's like six years old when he got picked for this film, and he is brilliant. He's so good. And he's done that classic horror movie thing of he was in one good film, and then he's never done a film again. Yeah. Didn't um, the kid who plays Danny in The Shining do that? Mm, possibly. We I might have to investigate a little bit more into uh, into Danny Torrance when we get to when we get to the uh, the Shining. But I think the the film would not work if it wasn't for those two actors. Uh, and considering one of them, sometimes when you see a kid in a movie, it's uh, they get a bit stagey, a bit, mm. bit stage mum, yeah. um, and that really ruins it. But this kid is so natural. Um, well, they um, said that when they were picking him, that they were looking first for like eight or nine year olds, but they all kind of had that "I am acting" kind of thing going on. But like the uh, like when when Noah came in for the um, for the audition, they just said like he's perfect because he's just got this wide eyed. Yeah, know, like, he says some of the way he delivers those lines is like so heartbreaking. When he's there's lots of lines about you don't love me anymore mummy but I love you still and yeah. I was like oh my god yeah, <laughs> it's proper tug at the heart and stuff but like so yeah it's it's just great but I mean it kind of start. you can see where it all started coming together but if you didn't view it as um, just dealing with grief then it it's you know it's just a great horror movie but if you start noticing that then you really really start paying attention to everything so like it starts in the basement Samuel goes down there to go and uh, perform his magic tricks and stuff and all of um, his dad's stuff is stored down there and it's meant to be that like Amelia doesn't really go down there she never mentions his name she hates it when people talk about her 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 husband because she just can't deal with it so she's just been pushing it away and so him going down there and starting that it's just brought it all back up and it's all around Samuel's birthday as well so it's around the anniversary of her husband's death um, so that kind of starts it and this I mean the whole movie plays out over like a couple of days but it feels you know like it's just a slow descent into you know just losing your mind and it's really well done I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier on um, one of the things that I love the most about this movie is that creeping sense of dread that just builds and builds and builds as the movie goes on Um it starts off, you know, quite slow, little tip, tip, tip. But 
then once um, there's a scene that I that I also found to be quite you know pointed, I guess as a as as it goes on, when um, uh, the mum gives Sam some sleeping pills, mm. and before that they've had this scene where basically the gist of it is um, he says that I'm going to protect you if you'll protect me. And she says, she promises, yeah, of course, I'll always protect you. And then she immediately drugs him, which basically, you know, leaves him in the most vulnerable position. And then when he's vulnerable, then there's no there's no one around to, I guess, protect her from this depression and grief that starts creeping in. Um, but I just want to talk about that scene. One of my, I think probably the my favourite scary scene in the whole movie is that first scene in the car when um, I think... Okay, so Amelia has got this terrible sister called Claire uh, and a real who has a real bratty little daughter called Ruby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're at the park with them. Um, and uh, Sam gets on top of the swings and everyone has a massive freak out. And then she's driving him home um, and she's shouting at him and shouting at him. And then all of a sudden, because he's saying, you don't believe me, the, bag, the Babadook's real, the Babadook's real. And then all of a sudden, he gets this look in his eye that someone's in the car with them. And then she has that same look creep over her face as well. Mm. And I don't know, they those two actors just absolutely nail it. Yeah. And it feels, I was like, oh, it's in a chill up my spine. I was like, there was something in the car with them. Yeah. Uh, and it really really got to me like you didn't need to see it to know it was there but i mean like you were saying about the um like the sister and um she goes to like um like her sister's little girl's birthday party and it does not go well but one of the lines in the book the mr babadook book really sticks with me and it's just the underlying theme about all of it and it's um if it's in a word and it's in a look you can't get rid of the babadook and if you substitute babadook babadook for grief then it's basically like the the words and looks that you get for, that she had from all the mums at the party who were like, you know, feeling awkward or feeling weird around her or not sure what to say because she was obviously still dealing with her with her husband's death. And um, Samuel comes out and says stuff like, like doesn't think first and just says stuff out loud and tells it like it is. Yeah, and, the, the, and she... the old the old lady later on even says basically that she says uh, he always he tells the truth that one yeah. and then. Amelia right at the end says the same to some social workers that come around as well. Yeah. So it's got you've got all these like perfect mums and she's obviously not dealing with like everything all that well and she kind of lashes out at them. And so it just adds more and more to like them like um Amelia and Sam just being outsiders, they're being like you know everyone thinks they're a bit weird and you know they they're completely alone like by the end of it. One thing so <laughs> one thing that really hammers home to me the fact that Amelia is seen as an outsider is the fact that she wears a fucking cable knit jumper to bed. Hmm. I was like <laughs> I was like that can't be comfortable. Yeah. I feel like you're waking up with all sorts of weird <laughs> ridges and like it's like going to sleep on a corduroy pillow. It's like <laughs> That cannot cannot be comfortable. And also, one thing later on is it's uh, it's some kind of new trope. It must be going in the bath with all your clothes on is, 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 is movie is movie like secret movie language for uh, she's ready to go to the to the booby hatch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I also just want to give a first ever behind the sofa podcast. Um, 
medal out. It's the medal for the goodest boy. Aww. And the goodest boy award goes to Bugsy the Bugsy. dog. I cannot... <laughs> if that kid had died, I probably would have been less upset than if Bugsy died. I was like, oh, Bugsy, no! <laughs> so, yes, yeah, spoilers. But, um, yeah. There, so, there, I mean... There, there's going to be... I feel like there's going to be a lot more pooches with sleeping and with raspberry jam on them and they're all going to sleep they're having a nice nap they're but yeah fine. but we'll continue That's how i do i'm sure it. we'll continue on with this terrible trend of uh <laughs> giving awards for the goodest boys and girls yeah, it's good um yeah one, one of the other things like if again it's it's worth watching this it's a great film anyway so i'd say watch it at least twice because there's like you said there's things that we picked up on the second time around that we just didn't that didn't occur to us before like um when all of the weird stuff starts happening a lot of the things that happen with samuel you don't really see them you he runs into the room in at night wakes up his mom and says you know the babadook's in my room they go into his room and he's not there uh and there's nothing there and it's fine and you can write it off as like kids imagination and and everything but then amelia start seeing these things or hearing these things lights flickering and hearing the knocks and and things like that that she can't explain but she never um samuel's never there when she sees or hears these things um he's either asleep or he's in another room or something like that so when the like really terrifying stuff starts happening like samuel's not around and it's only towards the end that they actually experience like some kind of supernatural happening together it's it's all been like a personal kind of journey and again it's it's because you know they're dealing with their you know their losses and their stresses and stuff in their own way because i think so to get down into kind of into the into the weeds on this one um it's about a, a mother who kind of at heart blames her unborn child for the death of her husband um, but and then, he's a difficult child anyway. But so. then, but then also, she clearly loves him. You know what I mean? There's no doubting that up until a certain point, she loves him. So mm-hmm. every time that he is not in the room, or um, she's knocking him out, or she's trying <laughs> to basically shut him out, those are when those darkest thoughts start to creep in, and that's when you know. Yeah. And we all know, as, as we said right at the start, the Babadook basically is the embodiment of all of her grief and depression yeah so although she finds this kid difficult um you know he's basically the one that's keeping her sane yeah. at the same time so she tries to keep him awake at different points because yeah. she just cannot stand being alone because she knows that when she's alone that's when all those dark thoughts will start creeping in and obviously in the film it's portrayed as you know like when she's on her own that's when the babadook comes so she's trying desperately to like keep him with her but she's getting you know like just getting more and more uh you know into her own madness essentially uh as it goes along and it's just she flips from you know loving him so much to like hating him and and wanting to you know like threatening him and things like that and one of the interesting things they were talking about with the you were saying that they work together so well the the two actors they actually had them like meet and um hang out and just play and things like that before they um started doing the filming and in between the filming so that they would have a proper good connection between the two um between the two of them but when there's the scenes where you have amelia properly screaming at samuel like she tells him that she sometimes she wishes she wants to kill him 
and the, all the of one these that, horrific the, the one that gets me the most that I thought was so sad maybe because I'm a big boy <laughs> I'm a big boy at heart when he's like mom I'm hungry and it's uh, and you can tell this kid looks super malnourished yeah and then she says well why don't you go and eat shit and I was like, like oh, oh my god it hurts yeah that, it was, hurts. that was rough that but, was a real um, rough one but yeah when they when they were filming that they really wanted to they 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 paid attention to the fact that they were basically like there as a six-year-old kid so they actually took noah off of the um set and he wasn't around when they were having those proper screaming matches and she was actually directing uh essie davis was actually directing her screaming and shouting at a stand-in actor who was um on their knees behind the camera so it looked like it was coming from samuel's point of view uh, and she was properly just letting fly, but they didn't want to have them screaming at like a six-year-old kid and ruining his childhood, so they they decided to do that. Call me old-fashioned, but <laughs> I, I wish there were there were definitely moments where I was like, "There's no way that kid is standing behind the camera." I was like, "I, I did, I you know, I'm not a horrible, abusive person, but I I feel like in terms of movie magic, I did feel like at certain points those two characters were not in the same room at the same time." Yeah. Um, which I guess kind of leads me on to what didn't you like about the film? Because I've got one or two little bits. Do you want me to go first? Um, I mean, the only bits that I can think of, it's it's not a case of I didn't like it. There's just certain bits that, you know, they're, they're kind of hard, like Bugsy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and R- like R- I said... R.I.P. Good boy. Yeah, and, and like I said, the the fact that it is just a slow burning downward spiral into you know like just loot someone losing their mind and it's tiring to watch i know that was what they were going for but you will find yourself just you know like it is it is definitely worth a watch but it's you know it, it can be hard going at times because it's just difficult to see people who you're almost you feel emotionally attached to them because they are really good actors as well and you really feel for their story um and that makes it even harder to just watch someone like just go down and down and down into that but... I, I like how your criticism is basically the interview version of uh i work too hard being the, yeah. <laughs> being the thing that's a perfectionist it's hard it's, like, yeah, it's not really a, it's not really a critique but uh, yeah. we'll take it i mean I, I really liked it i can't really no, think of anything no, that, no, that i, I want to pull apart on it so. i agree there's only one thing but but i will say just to add on to your point um the one uh, I found it so much more emotionally affecting this time. I don't. Mm. I don't know why. Is it old age? Am I getting older and therefore yeah, a bit more softer? emotional? I'm getting a bit soft. Um, I think. I think honestly, we had a bit of a you know, like not going into great details about it. We actually had like a really rubbish year ourselves last year with bereavement and things like that. And I think honestly, when like something like that happens to you where you haven't experienced it before, and then you're going into watching something where people are you know having to deal with that kind of thing you actually feel like it a bit more a connection you know i'm not um not going into spoilers on something else that we're going to do on the list but like even when i was watching hereditary which has like themes around loss as well and i found myself getting like emotional around that and you know i think that's the only the only time that that would affect you is if it's something that you have actually experienced in your own life so maybe between yeah. Between the time when we watched Babadook, you know, maybe about a year after it came out or so, and we've watching it now, <laughs> we've we've been through some pretty bad, pretty bad stuff. But you know, maybe that's something to do with it. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some truth out there. Um, the Babadook itself 
is not scary. <laughs> the I, and by that I don't mean the movie. I find the movie it didn't. It's very hard. I feel I find myself not easily scared these days. The movie itself I thought did a great job at doing that creepy haunted house shadows. Uh, all those kinds of things. I thought that was great. And like I said, I found the scariest part was just um, those interactions between the mum losing her mind and uh, and the kid. But when you see the physical representation of the Babadook, which is basically Noel Fielding from the Mighty Boosh <laughs> in a fucking Jack the Ripper top hat. I've got a, I've got a fact about it, though. Well, I find that not scary. <laughs> I find it very unscary. Um, and also, that I know it's so played out these days. That herky-jerky sort of like stop-motion style of movement. I just feel like for something that was so clever, like a movie that was so clever, I just feel like they kind of popped out when it came to the actual... The actual... Kirsty has literally got a hand up in the air. <laughs> she wants to talk so far. But, any, but, but I'm, you know... <laughs> I'm I'm putting I'm stapling my my flag to that flagpole. Do you staple a flag to a flagpole? Mm. No, you don't. Um, go okay. on, go on. Say what you're gonna say. Okay. Uh, the the Babadook, the way he looks, was actually based on uh, Lon Chaney. So we might have to try and drag out a picture of uh, of Lon Chaney in. I think it was. I can't remember what the name of the film is. But I apologise. It's got something to do with hypnotism, the hypnotist, the hypnotist assistant, something like that. But he was based on that. And everything, all of the movements that you're saying about how it's kind of stop motiony, that's because it was. All yeah. of it was done by stop motion, and then they just smoothed it out in post. So she wanted to keep it all in camera rather than like adding loads of CGI stuff, which we see a lot of in in horror movies now. So she wanted to keep it like that. So it's you know the the bits that you see where he's like crawling across the ceiling or the little bits where he's movement moving and stuff. A lot of it is actually stop motion, so it gives it that juddery, slightly unnerving movement. Which again, it is played out quite a lot nowadays. Yeah, but... I feel like it, I was just like watching a Marilyn Manson video from <laughs> from the early two thousands. I was a bit like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> um, that and I wasn't mad keen on uh that final confrontation where she basically says if you touch my son again i'm gonna fucking kill you Mm. um uh, for everything that to have been so clever up until that point i'm not saying it was bad it just wasn't it It, didn't meet that same high standard i know you know you said it didn't connect i agree it didn't connect with like the narrative throughout the whole of the rest of the film where it is like this is a metaphor for grief this is a metaphor for loss it it just became that but like i mean i really did like the bit like just before that she's like you are trespassing in my house and i kind of love that because she's basically like i'm taking back control of my life and not letting this like overpower me but then yeah the rest of it was a bit like now they're seeing it together and they're not imagining it and they realize that it's real and you know I feel, I, get that. I feel like this, the subtext is the strongest part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff that's not said and the stuff that's kind of left be- below the surface, I think, is is the strongest part. They they have a much better uh, knack of te- showing and not telling, I don't know, mm-hmm. of, of basically building that tension. I, f- I think this is going to be a huge... 
uh, pattern emo- emerging when we count down these movies. I personally think that ending horror movies is probably the most difficult thing mm. a filmmaker can mm-hmm. do. I bet 90% of the movies on this list, even though they are incredible, probably have slightly crap endings. Yeah. Would I mean, you... this one is this one is actually quite rare in the fact that um, everyone, with the exception of Bugsy, R.I.P., uh, everyone, like the main actors and the, the people, it's only a, a very small cast, um, but everyone survives. Yeah, wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. It's got like a, it's, the body count is one dog. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Not is, just, not to, not to belittle our dog he is, listeners. He is, he is a good dog. Yeah, he's the um, best dog. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the other bits that like really grabbed me, like the way that they were, the way that they dealt, they did it. But I think one of the other bits that really stuck with me was like this book turns up, um, he pulls it off the shelf. She's never like um, Amelia has never seen it before. They're reading it. The music starts building up. It starts getting a bit more creepy. There's some really disturbing stuff in there. Uh, and then she closes the book and it go and the music stops. Everything goes quiet she hides it away around the house um she hides it on top of the wardrobe she uh and when she's holding it you hear this tense music start to build up and then she pushes it away to the back of the wardrobe and just closes you know closes it away and it stops for a little while but then it starts coming back even harder each time and more and more and more every time she pushes it away it gets it gets harder and harder and again it's it's just all that that underlying um thing of you know if you don't stand up and deal with it and do what you need to do to move on if you just keep pushing it away and hiding it it's just going to keep coming back even harder so it i think they did that quite well i love that um i i I would love to see where it came from that trope of um destroying a thing or hiding a thing and it turns back up (laughs) like i want to i want to do there's going to be like at some point like a behind the sofa drinking game where it's like if a if a, a, a if an object if an object with dark dark arts and dark power around it reappears after you've destroyed it, take a shot. Have a drink. Yeah, yeah. I I I remember telling you recently about something that I've read. I'm sure that um, there's people who have seen this as well. It made me laugh so hard. And it was uh, someone had um, someone's boss at work had been reading The Exorcist, which is a very good book. I would recommend reading it as well as watching it. But um, yeah, they'd uh, they'd. Uh, confided in this person that they were getting so they got so creeped out by the book they couldn't finish it so they went down to the end of Brighton Pier and threw it off the end so this person as a great employee and a good friend decided to find a copy of the exorcist book in an old bookshop somewhere uh rinsed it under the tap a little bit and then left it in their boss's drawer for them to find oh my god that person's a jerk hero jerk yeah. <laughs> um, um but yeah i think so let's start to think about the, the wrap up of this film. So we've had the the, the vomit, we've had the your trespassing, we've had basically once Amelia confronts um Mr. Uh, Babadook. Yeah, once she confronts the Babadook and, you know, starts to think about her husband and all these things, basically as soon as she starts to uh let that when she wants to protect her son, she has to process what's happened to her husband, basically. Yeah. Um, so you see a nice graphic re- reenactment of uh, the accident that killed her husband. Yeah, which was quite good. I, I, I you know, yeah. I appreciate it's just, that. You have going to face there. it, like, yeah. literally face it head on. Um, yeah, there was no more running around at that point. They were just in the room, and she was staring. Uh, one thing, maybe a little bit heavy-handed, but I kind of liked it. Mm. Was she was literally staring into the void? Yeah, 
she was staring into a deep black void and you could see the arms was it the arms yeah yeah it was the arms of the babadook kind of like reaching out and trying to grab her and uh, trying to grab um sam and she was just like no i'm not not, i'm not fucking having this (laughs) in that typical brassy aussie way it was great um but then there's a little kind of uh, like a wrap up at the end where um, Sam is having his uh, his birthday, which obviously is the day that the dad died. And they make a big thing about it during the movie that Sam's never had a birthday party on his actual birthday because it brings up too many horrible memories for the mum. She just couldn't deal with it. So she just wasn't wasn't dealing with it at all. But, she just, clo- just closed that door. <laughs> yeah. So basically talking of doors... Um, mm. Once she's defeated the Babadook, oh, oh, sorry, peanuts. Yes. Once she's um, once she's kind of like banished the Babadook, it goes down into the basement, um, and then you get this kind of like post, not you know, like a wrap up scene where she goes into the basement with a bowl of worms, um, and puts it down on the ground, and the Babadook kind of tries to come for her again, but she faces it down again. But um, calming it like a child rather than yeah. like battling it. She's just like, shh, 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 shh. Which I guess is kind of like, if you're talking about it from like a depression kind of standpoint, like she's like, right, I'm depressed. I have these feelings. They're not going to go away. They're in, the, you know, yeah. in the, the in the in the movie, they're in the basement. But I guess if you're but talking about it. But it started in the basement. So it started in the basement because that was where she shoved all of her husband's stuff because she couldn't bear to look at it. Yeah, I saw stuff, I saw somewhere written, it was like the room of the past. So it's like yeah. all, the, all the things from her past that she wants to kind of shut away, get put down in the basement now. Because mm-hmm. obviously she doesn't want to be reminded of her dead husband all the time or the mm-hmm. time that her family was attacked by a monster from a pop-up book. Yeah. But what did you make of that? final scene did that um, did that jive with you or was that like another yeah i mean the whole you know like she she goes down there with a bowl of worms that she's picked out of the garden with um with samuel's help uh and they had a nice little like they had just just a birthday party with the two of them in the back um the one bit that i noticed about that and i wanted to sort of have a look at the beginning of the film again just to see whether it actually started from that point and sort of descended into where it was and then came back out again but um, I think I read that because the, the short film is actually filmed in black and white and they considered filming this in black and white as well, like completely in black and white. But they decided against it. But what they did was like the um, the house and the soundstage, if you look at it, it's slightly overgrown. The garden's a bit of a mess. The whole of the inside of the house looks like a child doesn't live there. It's all very um, dark, dull, um, empty you know there's hardly anything there that shows that people actually live in this house and then when they come back at the end uh it's decorated for sam's birthday the colors seem a bit warmer like everyone's like complexion seems a bit warmer and they just brightened it up a little bit so it just felt like it was that they'd come out of the other side of this like really dark bleak kind of time and and all the colors and everything reflected that as well but with the with like i said with the babadook in the basement the the bowl of worms nice touch because it sort of like goes across the floor as if it's being pulled by an unseen hand she goes down there and she has to face the fact that she has this you know like this this grief within her and it's like locked down in her mind you know you just like i said earlier you just got to do what you got to do to move on and for her it's uh you know dropping a bowl full of worms down into the basement you know every so often to try and keep it uh you know to try and keep it locked away 
but dealing with it at the same time and having to face it. Yeah, I guess it's kind of basically saying she's going to be living it with she's going to be living with the Babadook stroke her depression or grief for her whole life, but she just has to find a way to basically manage it and and keep it keep it down. Yeah. Um and I thought they did that really well. Like like I said, you know, the, um, there there will be sort of split split um opinions on the on the whole bowl of worms thing, but it is just like you're kind of dealing with it you're not like i hate it and i'm gonna shove it away and i'm gonna you know not speak about it and everything else because she's realized that that doesn't work but she's faced it head on she's had to deal with it when it flares up and that's what i think it signifies when it tries to attack her down there Mm. um it's not got enough power to like completely overpower and possess her like it did before but it's still enough to like knock her off her feet every so often and it just hits you hard sometimes you know, if, if you're dealing with those sorts of things, sometimes it just, you know, something will remind you of it. And I think that's what they were they were going for with that. So I think they did it quite well. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> so Kirsty yes. has got some facts. Oh, I do. I forgot the fact, The fact, interesting fact <coughs> segment or the trivia segment. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, the first one I think is quite a good one. Uh, William Friedkin, who's the director of The Exorcist, which is uh, uh, in the list, we we recommend you uh, listening to episode zero of the list to find out where The Exorcist is. Um, He has actually said that he has never seen a more terrifying film than this one. Got to disagree with you there, William Friedkin, (laughs) but wow, that's cool. That's high praise. Yeah, pretty good actor. Is he like Stephen King, though? Really like... (laughs) Everything's brilliant. Everything's brilliant. Everything's like, terrifying. If you're, yeah, They're if you're Stephen King, everything's like I poop my pants when I watch this. Like easy up there, easy up there, King. It's like he's lovely. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> how, I wonder how easy it is to get a, a you know a blurb from uh, from William Friedkin. Let's let's try getting one from Stephen King oh, yeah. for the podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome. Do it, Stephen King. I know I That's just slagged you off a bit, but <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. Um, someone has said before I have no idea whether this is correct but I have seen it on a few places so whether it's just spread and gone a bit uh, gone a bit wild or not but um, accidentally they didn't pick it particularly for this but Babadook in Hebrew means he is coming for sure which actually creeps me out just a wee bit wow that's uh, what a weird synchronicity yeah that is kind of com- again that is could weird. be completely wrong my, my facts come from the internet but uh yeah, <laughs> I really like that one. Yeah. Um, another one is um, yeah. Uh, during the time when she's flicking through the TV uh, channels, it all seems to be old old TV, and then like coming back into the daytime, it's like infomercials and things. But late night, she's watching black and white uh, old cartoons, old movies, and things like that. And one of them that shows up is uh, Black Sabbath by Mario Bava, which is number 82 on our list. Oh, there you go. So we'll be able to um, find out which little scene in there and the scene in the Babadook that comes after that is shown on the screen is very close to some of the scenes in uh, in Black Sabbath itself. So I obviously took a little bit of inspiration from that. Oh, cool. Any more? Any more? Any more facts Ooh. to finish us off? Okay, uh, the one that I really, really like because it has birthed so many gorgeous memes about the Babadook was a huge Tumblr discussion about whether the Babadook was gay. 
Okay. <laughs> so I think they made a joke about the fact of, you know, he's uh, he's a bit of a snappy dresser. He's got the jazz hands. He's got the, you know, flamboyant cape. He's got the top hat and everything. Um, but more, they were they were discussing the fact of it being that it's like this unspoken presence within people's houses that uh, within their family unit that they try and shove away and they don't want to talk about it and everything like that. And there are a lot of people that were just like that kind of weirdly resonates with how my family dynamic goes with them just not dealing with the fact that like um, that you know that they were gay or. Um, you know the, uh, about their their gender orientation, their sexual orientation, or anything like that. They, um, yeah, they they really resonated with it. So there were people that were half joking, and then there were people that were just like, no, actually, like I can kind of see this. And so, if you look, if you look up Babadook meme, you can find all of these amazing um, uh, fan art pieces and uh, Photoshop pieces and things like that. And someone jokingly uh, photoshopped. Uh, the Babadook into uh, the LGBT film section on Netflix, and people just ran with it. And it, I took it took a lot of like digging around to see whether it was actually real or not, and whether that is where it came from. But um, yeah, it, it's it just made me chuckle. But yeah, if you can find the original Tumblr post, it goes on for like thousands of posts with people commenting <laughs> on it. It's so fun. And God you bless really go you, Internet. There. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> um, and we're in Pride Month as well, so that's yeah. uh, so that's a good, a, an excellent fact to yeah. finish us up. Good job. Mm. Okay, right. Well, here's the question: Does this film deserve to be at number one hundred on this list? I think, I think it's quite hard to say that it could that that uh, whether it needs to be at this placement before we've uh, run through a few more. So, I mean, at this point, I would say that it definitely does belong on this list. Whether it needs to be um, higher up than 100 remains to be seen, but um, I definitely think it it's earned a place on the top 100. Well, agreed. It's it's a hell of a movie to to set your baseline with. Basically, yeah. if this is you know, I mean, if we're measuring all other films on this list against the Babadook, then it's I'm, just going to get better and better, and I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to what's to come. Um, I would massively recommend this movie. Uh, like I said, I feel like it's only got one downfall or shortcoming and that is kind of like the depiction of the Babadook itself I just feel like it's a bit um bit heavy metal music video <laughs> stop motion bullshit <laughs> with, you know what I mean uh like a Slipknot video I or something like, like him you like I him I think he's creepy I think he's good he's got I, like I think he's creepier in the book yeah, but... like the book is creepier than seeing yeah. the man I mean, someone had to, yeah, the book is great. Uh, I'm really sad that, like, they, they put out a, a collection of them, um, uh, like, limited edition run of the actual book that had all of the pages, the pop-ups and everything like that that were in the film, and then a few extra pages at the end, and it was like, I would really like those. They, I think they went for, like, $80 each originally, and now, obviously, they're going to be an absolute fortune, but they would be super cool to have. Um, yeah, uh, I... I really like this film, so. Uh, well, there you go. It's official. <laughs> there we go. Um, right, so um, we already spoke to you guys at the start about what's uh, what's new up on the the social media, on the websites, and where you can download us. All I would say is, please, 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 come and have a chat with us. We're all. I promise, we're nice and not jerk, <laughs> not internet jerks. So if you want to come and chat to us about movies, horror movies, anything, even if it's not saying us on the list, give mm-hmm. us a shout. Uh, on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or anywhere uh, and let's get a conversation going um, 
But uh, yeah. yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know if you've watched it, if you'd watch it again, whether you agree with it being on the list. Um, yeah, Come yeah. Have a chat. Let us know if this is the first. If you're watching along, I really, I've already heard one or two people say that they're going to watch along with the podcast, which to me is so cool. I'm really excited that. about that. Thanks. Yeah. So thanks very much. <laughs> um, uh, but if you watch it along and you're watching it for the first time, let us know what you think because you know you might have a, a completely different opinion to us. Uh, so yeah, we want to hear it from you all. But I guess now the only thing left to do is there anything else left to do except Ooh. for anything else you want to say? Not really. No. Wow. What's next? So what is next? What is next is film number ninety nine, <laughs> and that is. The Mist yep. by Frank Darabont. Yes. Now, um, if you go to any of our social media or anything like that, you'll be able to see uh, trailers and links and where you can watch it. Yeah. We'll post up where you'll be able to watch it, um, You know, whether it's on streaming or whether you know you can buy it from Amazon if you, if you like Kirsty and I love a bit of physical media. Which sounds real dirty now. I've just said it. <laughs> Me and love him. Sorry, Mum. Um, <laughs> do your mum listen to this? I really don't think so. I really hope not. Um, but yeah, we love a bit of so uh, physical media. So um, if uh, if you want to go and buy it, yeah. then you can click through the link on our website and uh, and yeah. buy it. And yeah, yeah. Just... If you go through to Amazon and buy it, like I was saying earlier, then uh, we get a little bit of a few little pennies back, a bit of scratch, um, which would help support the podcast. So. Um, if you do that but if you uh, follow us on Facebook uh, which is uh, Behind the Sofa Podcast uh, we put up trailers for the movie that's coming up um, in the following week so in the week before the podcast from Monday onwards every day we'll be posting uh, facts um, if they've got sweet artwork which thankfully a lot of the horror movies that we're going to be reviewing do um, we're going to be posting all of those on there so you can get yourself excited and then we normally we're going to be starting to film or watch the film and review the film on the friday um and be recording over the week over the weekend ready for monday so um so yeah hopefully if you keep up with us then that would be great just watch along yeah so one basically every monday morning the podcast will will be out unless barring some kind of terrible incident no, you've um, jinxed us now yeah i know as soon as i said it i was like i'm never gonna be able to stick to that that's too much pressure um what I'm thinking of doing as well, I was just uh, let you guys know. I was thinking of maybe doing like a little uh, blog post because, as you said, we love a bit of merch and some physical media and all that kind of stuff. I would love to do like a little spotlight on uh, look at this awesome poster that someone's done or something uh, like a look at this awesome vinyl soundtrack. So if you're into that kind of stuff as well, collectibles of any sort, I'll try and post up a few little special links for the movies that we've done the week before. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, The Mists. Yeah. Have you seen it before? I have. I don't think we've watched it together, but we have watched it. Um, we have both seen it, haven't we? Isn't there like a black and white version of it? Mm, I have a feeling there might be more than one, but I'm going to do my research this week just to make sure that we've got all the information ready to go. Um, but at the moment, this is yeah Frank Darabont's The Mist, um, which I'm trying to remember what year it came out. I want to say 2007, but I could be wrong. And I haven't got my list in front of me today. Speaking of our best bud, Stephen King, who mm. should give us a blurb, yep. it's based on a Stephen King. It is. Right? Cool. Is. Perfect. So our is first 
our first Stephen King adaptation. I wonder yeah. how many Stephen King adaptations there are. Mm, not that many. Is I the mean, fog? No, no, not that I'm okay. aware of. I'll I'll do again. I'll do that little. You caught me unawares now. You, Cujo. You're making me sound. <laughs> Cujo is not on there, but it is scary. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do a little bit of research. I'll get all my little facts in in line, ready for ready for next week. But yeah, so for now we've got uh, Babadook. Episode 100 is now under our belts. We're going to be moving on to uh, the mist. Cool. So check us out. We'll find out uh, the trailers, where you can buy it, where you can watch it. We've got all the information you need ready for um, Monday's episode. We got, all, we got it all. We got it all, baby. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, say goodbye, Kirsty. Goodbye, Kirsty. Goodbye, Ollie. <laughs> Uh, you said a thing last week. What was yeah. it? Like a wrap up? Oh, uh, from behind the sofa. Good night. Ooh, creepy. I like it. Right, bye bye.